following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Disclaimer. Your wife will hear everything we're talking about. Anything you say, your wife might hear. So I'm just letting you know. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so we were discussing Nachmanides. I, I forgot my notes, so we're going to wing it. Okay, so we were discussing, in the midst of discussing Ramban, Nachmanides, whose opinion is very different than uh, normative Judaism. Um, as we'll see, most, um, almost, almost no one agrees with him. Um, and his opinion was... <coughs> he disagrees with most people. No. Go ahead. No, he's the... Okay, he came a little after. My morning is on that. Yes, okay. So anyway, his, he was basically we were going, we, would we had read the verse in Parshat Mishalach, where it says in that verse, Hashem says, Ani Hashem Rofecha, I am God, your healer. Um, and the literal interpretation would be, we don't like doctors in Judaism, because it says God is the healer. So that means, it's, it's, there's two parts, there's two ways of looking at it. The, the main thing we discussed was, philosophically and theologically, if God is the healer, then what right do doctors have to heal? Um, how can a patient go to a doctor? How can a doctor heal? In a certain sense, you're going against the will of God. And we, say, we mentioned other religions um, do agree to that. Um, we, we, at the end of the day, Judaism does not ascribe to that. So that's Nachmanani's opinion. Again, not the accepted opinion. And we'll get back to it soon. In the 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 contradictory opinion, which has to be answered, con contradictory source in the Torah is in this week's Pasha. This week's Pasha, you have two fascinating uh, uh, verses. One is in the context of of assault and battery. Okay, This week's Pasha, by the way, is Pasha's Mishpatim. It immediately follows the end of last week's Pasha, which was the Ten Commandments. Mishpatim is a total change in the whole Torah, in the sense of Tonah, the Torah is talking about nice uh, moral mitzvahs and the Ten Commandments, and all of a sudden here, the whole Parsha Mishpatim is one of the biggest portions in the Torah. is all about, mostly about tort law. Um, every, it's, I think there's something like, uh, taking a wild guess, 63 or maybe even more, 100. There's a lot of mitzvot in this week's Parsha. And then most of all of them are not moral laws. Most all of them are um, very much basic societal laws. So the commentaries discuss, actually, that's why it comes specifically after the Ten Commandments, to, say, to show that in Judaism there's no difference. Um, the, the same law that says you can't, you have to believe in Hashem and all the deep theological uh, laws, Torah law is just as equally important. Any mitzvah dealing with, uh, whatever, whether it's um, payment or whatever it is, any type of civil law is just as equal to any of the Ten Commandments. And so actually, in a certain sense, it's the... It's the continuation. The last of the Ten Commandments was Losachmon, shall not covet. And the commentaries discuss, in order not to covet, you have to understand the laws of, of uh, the Torah laws, meaning who owns what, um, meaning because what's coveting? Coveting is, I see what my friend has, and I want what he owns. Okay, so you need to know the laws of ownership. That's sort of the segue into Mishpatim. Immediately after the, the do not covet, the Torah talks about um, civil laws and ownership, etc. Okay, so in the context of that, the Torah begins with a fascinating law. It's the law of assault and battery. We discussed it at length in other contexts, but but uh, I'll read it to you inside. Um, I forgot my notes, so I'm going to read it. Yes. Is it 
I'm just going to draw a comparison here. It might be relevant. In a sense, the, the preceding Parsha, Yitro, is sort of like a social covenant. God says, here's the deal. You know, we're making a covenant here. This is what right. it's all about. In part, and now you're getting into what would be called a social contract. Here's how you actually live with each other. This is how you... Yeah, but it's two very different things. Two very different, exactly. But um, the equivalent of the United States might be the declaration is sort of a social covenant. You know, I pray to you have inalienable rights. And yeah. the Constitution is sort of a social contract, sort of. Well, but the Constitution is a lot of government laws, not necessarily civil law. Most of the Constitution, I mean, some of it is, it's true. But, yeah, so, so there, I mean, in a sense, that's what I'm saying, yes, that we dealt with, but, but the, the message is very clearly, is also uh, that they're both, everything's equal, all mitzvahs are created equal, don't think, as in other religions where it's just, you know, uh, once a week you show up to, to church on Sunday and, and you're done for the week, meaning all aspects of Torah law are just as much legislated and mandated in the Torah equal to all, all the, all the other halachas. Why, why doesn't I am God your healer mean that the doctor, the healer, is has the divine in him? Because it's not saying that. I mean, in, in, the, in the simple translation, it's saying God is... It's a nice plan when you write your commentator. The rabbi said that the doctor, the healer, won't go to heaven. No, it said it would go to hell. It didn't say it would go to hell. Yeah. That was yeah. Mamaris, yeah. So, yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Sort of like evolution is God's all, 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 all doctors are destined for hell or something. Right. So that, that is related because, they, according right. to, <coughs> that's one of Nachmanli's proofs that's to that uh, interpretation of that verse. So in this week's parish again, so you have to, to you have the context here of the case of assault and battery. It starts off like this. It says, V'chiruvun anashim. This is chapter 21, verse 18. When two men are fighting, and one smites his friend with a stone, um, and he does not die. So if he dies, that's murder. Okay, but in this case, the, the, the victim did not die. And he falls into bed, meaning he's ill, he was hurt. Um, so then the Torah goes on to say, Im yakum if he ends up coming out of him and he doesn't end up dying from his injuries, he ends up um, walking on a stick and limping afterwards. Vinika Amaka, and uh, the the wound is is uh, gets healed, so to speak. Rak shifto yitain, So the the Torah here, this is actually the source. Fascinating of there's five forms of damages in a, um, when we deal with with um, between man and man in an assault case like this. Um, and we, we actually did a class on other, many of the other forms of damages, um, but the five forms on nezek, which is actual damages, how you damage the person. Um, no, not physically in the sense of, so you tore his clothing, you smashed his glasses. So that's damages, monetary damages. Tsar, uh, um, <coughs> um, there's emotional pain. Is actually mandated in the Torah that you have to pay someone that's not a new thing. That's from the Torah. Emotional pain, um, boshes, which is sorry, I'm actually which is embarrassment. Tsar is actually pain. Sorry, even physical pain. You have to pay them to assess the pain, and then boshes means like uh, humiliation. Okay, the fact that the guy was pummeled in front of uh, you know his girlfriend, it's humiliating. So yeah, that's the emotional pain. That's um, and then there's sorry, did I say five? It's four. 
Ripoy, Ripoy, which is, that, no, sorry, there is five. The Sheves, which is workers' comp, that means the fact that he's out of work, he has to be paid for that too. Torah mentions that. Shifto, that means Sheves is from the, actually the language is Shvita, or Shabbat, which means uh, you're striking. In Hebrew, the modern Hebrew, the word for strike is Shvita. So the fact that you're not working, like on Shabbat, that's where it comes from, the word Shabbat is rest. So you have to pay him for his rest, he's not going to have an income. And then the last but not least in the Pasik is Rapo. The Pasik says Rapo you rapay. You're paying him for his doctor's bills, for the whatever medical costs that were incurred because of the assault, he has to be paid too. So those are five forms of damages that the Torah uh, mentions in this one verse. It's all extrapolated from this one verse and his whole uh, chapters in Talmud discussing and how to evaluate those various damages. Now, is, is this an assault where one attacks another? Yeah, or is that's this the case. two people fighting? You said two people same, fighting. It's well, it's same, not. It's no, it's not the same. Two people are fighting, then they're way. equally responsible. Yes, no, but, but I'm responsible for the damage I do to you, and you're responsible for the damage you do to me. So, so, so the winner has to pay, pay. No, it's, it's as if one guy hits another guy with a rock or with a... Yeah. It doesn't say two people are fighting. No, but it starts <laughs> off. If you, assume, two people are, are, are fighting. Yeah, it doesn't say if they're physically fighting, but it, I don't think it's relevant either way. If I damage you, unless it's self-defense, that's yeah, something else. Yeah, that's the self point. Self-defense is, is something else, but I'm saying no, but it's it could be a rumble. Yes, yeah, self-defense is a different story, so that's but how that would work. Yeah. Um, so the winner pays. <laughs> okay, so now, so again, so the key words that we want to focus on here. The key of the five damages is obviously medical uh, the medical compensation. So the Torah is saying very clearly, the point is the Torah is saying, rapo, rapo, that he's paying for medical compensations. Now according to Nachmanides who says, you're not supposed to be seeing doctors, God is the doctor. So clearly the Torah here talking about two Jews fighting, we're not talking about the, you know, Nachmanides not the was a Christian scientist? Yes, we discussed that last you're week. You're not Why supposed to see a doctor? Yeah, that's he actually says you're not supposed to see he says, a doctor. Well, we'll get back to it. He says I, in the ideal world, right. in the ideal world, we shouldn't be going to doctors. Yeah, that's in, his opinion. In the phrase where God will be, he's talking about specifically diseases he brought on the Egyptians, as opposed to this one, which is uh, induced by man upon another man. I mean, the idea of being that the diseases in the first portion um, of Shalach, that's where it was, is induced by God, therefore God heals him. Here it's like a man induces the disease, a different, uh, that's a very good point. different kettle of fish. Okay, that's a good point, we'll get there. Um, but but the end of the day, this seems very clearly to be in support of the medical system and obtaining care from doctors. It's not talking about after the assault you don't go to God. It says, rap, you rap, he's paying him. God doesn't charge, even if it is talking about God. And saying you have to compensate him for the medical <coughs> incurred charges. So clearly that's not Hashem. Hashem doesn't charge for his, mm-hmm. for his uh, charges. So, so, that's, so that's a very clear statement. As a matter of fact, from this statement, the Talmud extrapolates and deduces that this is the source for the permission to heal for doctors. Um, this, these very words, rapo yirape, is the source that in Judaism we have permission to heal. That's what the Talmud also says. the source is not for why doctors are allowed to charge for their services. Actually not. Well, that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've talked about that. Um, <coughs> so let's see. I mean, this did come up in practice a lot of, t- you know, a lot of times with Scientologists type of people and things like that. 
And the, the standard answer I used to give, and I thought that everybody used to give, was that they, we're also put here by God to the agent of God, so to speak. Yeah, so that is, again, that's the, the standard. Well, that's the standard normal ju- yeah. normative Judaism. We are yeah. this class, not about normative Judaism. We're discussing. Of course, that doesn't resonate very much with people who don't believe in God. <laughs> No, he's saying the people that ask him, let's say, the have uh, religious yeah, people, atheists, well, that had the, the theological problem. They're, they're, in a, they're in a spectrum of, they've just come to the doctor. You know? they're, 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 not, they're not getting to this. <laughs> the Christian scientists often convert when they get appendicitis. No atheists in an operating room. So listen to the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. This is tracted Babakama. Again, it's in the context of uh, Babakama deals with tort law damages. Um... So it says like this, Tan Rabbanan, um, the rabbis taught, um, that's the wrong one, it says, yeah, Minayin Shim Alubot Smachem Machmas if someone, if sores developed on the victim because of the wound, so the question is meaning where does it end, because as we know, medicine sometimes, I can, you know, you get sick with one thing, but that leads to another, that he gets a staph infection in the hospital, so how much, to the context of the Talmud here is discussing, how much does he have to pay, at which point am I still liable, this guy got a staph infection because the nurse uh, wasn't careful with the, with the needle, does that mean the guy, the original assault, uh, assaulter, has to pay, who pays, for, no, it's, where does it end, so the Talmud is discussing that, and it says, um, it says, what if the sores developed on the victim because of the wound, or if the wound healed, and then it came back two weeks later. They left the guy in the hospital. Everything was fine. And two weeks later, he gets a, you know, comes back. Something, a new illness comes back, which might have been as a result of the first assault. So the, so the Gemara goes on to say, she's still the assailant, the assailant is still obligated to heal him, even for those new sores that came up subsequently. The Chayev Litin Lo Shiftlin is also obligated to give him the cost of his loss of employment, like we said. Talmud Loma, Rak Shifto Yitem Verapi Rapi. Torah states only for his lost appointment, uh, employment shall he pay and he shall heal. Yachalafil Shalom Machmas Hamaka. I would have thought, even though he's not obligated, even if the source developed not because of the wound. Talmud Loma, Rak. So there's, a, there's an extra word there. It says Rak, which is to exclude if it didn't come because of the wound. Obviously, I don't have to pay the guy's dental bills, you know, to clean his teeth. I'm paying specifically what came as a result of the assault. Um, then the Gemara goes on to say, this is not what I was looking for, actually. I thought it was. Um, give me a second. Well, in American jurisprudence, you're talking about... <coughs> Yeah, proximate cause here. That's right. right. I'm saying this is where American jurisprudence got it. <coughs> Everything comes from the good book, baby. It's in the book. You should know that by now. It's all from here. Um, so they say 60, I once read, uh, over 60% of English common law, which American, which our law is based on, comes from Talmudic law. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I read that, but sounds good. I always say that. Probably in the <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it says, then it goes on to say like this, okay, skip, that's why I started in the wrong place. The Mar says, um, what do we need the words rap or you rap? Why is it double language? That's the question um, the Talmud is discussing. It should say, or he should heal him. 
should pay for his healing bills. What's the double language? Says the Talmud. We need it for for the academy of what Rabbi Shmuel's academy taught, the Tanya. We learned in a Brayta. The very Rabbi Shmuel Omer, the sage of Rabbi Shmuel's academy, said the name of Rabbi Shmuel, Rapo Yirape. Um, the Torah states he shall surely heal. Mikan Shenitein Rishus for the Rapis. This is the source for permission for doctors to heal. Okay, meaning why do we need why do we need permission? Go to medical school and open and hang up a shingle. What's the permission? Because of this theological problem, which is that maybe only Hashem can heal. Now, who said what gives us a right to go against, in a certain sense, quote unquote, Hashem's will? Hashem gave this person an illness. He decreed an illness. So who is you as a doctor, the chutzpah you have, to go against Hashem's will? And you're going to give him antibiotics and heal his infection. So the, t- the Talmud is addressing that question by saying, no, this is the source right here, this Pasuk in our Parsha, is the source that physicians have a right to heal. Isn't it more than permission? Isn't it practically an obligation that the community is responsible for providing medical care? Well, that's, that's a charitable obligation. That doesn't, that's not from here necessarily. Well, but meaning from here, that sentence, that Pasuk uh, doesn't apply if there are no doctors. So in a certain sense, you're obligated as a community to have doctors or else... Oh, one second, you just you, you said two different things. There's an obligation to have doctors, an obligation to, to heal is two very different things. I'm saying, well, meaning there's, there's an obligation to have doctors might be that me as a patient, I can, I have the ability to go to a doctor, to get healed. Well, and there's a different obligation, do you have an obligation, the different question is, do you have an obligation to heal? It's two no, different I'm questions. I'm not saying that I have an obligation to heal, the community has an obligation to provide healing. Yeah, That's but again, there's providing healing, then there's my obligation to get healed. Two, two different things. So which and one is not necessarily dependent on the other. This is addressing seemingly only the permission for a doctor to heal. It says rapo rapé, meaning the, 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 what the Talmud is understanding from it is doctors have permission to heal. Well, that would imply it's a given that doctors exist. No one's arguing doctors exist. That's history. I mean, that's not the question. The question is do, do people who believe in the Torah that says God is the healer, have a right to heal or be healed. Well, sounds to me like Either one. Permi- an obligation and permission. Both. Uh, um, no, because there are other sources for, uh, for obligatory to be healed, but this is not telling you have to be healed. Let's say the guy says, I'm fine, you know, okay, many times the guy gets out of his car after an accident, and I don't want to go to the emergency room, I'm fine, the guy like, you know, can't walk. So that's a different question. There are no such thing as doctors. Anymore. No, again, where no one ever said there's no such thing as doctors. No one ever said that. The question is, in the religious world, Am I allowed to use doctors? No, of course, doctors, the, the medicine exists. Do they restrict the use of doctors to man hitting another man? No, we're going to get there in a second. So, one second. Are you jumping on? Nachmanides contemplates the world almost. Nachmanides says, does not, does not differentiate. He understands from the original verse in Bishalach that, no, that's it. God is the one in the ideal world. We'll get back to that. But, now there's another verse, so that's this verse in the parasha. Okay, now there's another verse in this very same parasha, which seems to support my lines. To continue on, I don't know, my notes, i got to remember where this might be. Um, it's a very big parasha. Later on in the parasha, it says, mm-hmm. No, I had my sticky notes. I'm sticky notes. 
Oh, here it is. Okay. So it says like this. It says later on in the Parsha, the context here is um, totally out of context. It's talking about. Uh, let see what it's talking about. It mentions do, do not uh, mix meat and milk. This is where it comes from. Also, this Parsha has a lot of kosher in it. And then. God is saying, if you, again, if you, ta- if you do all these things and you don't serve idols, so God says like this, it says, You will serve Hashem, you God. Hey, how are you? Okay. Um, you see right here. Um, he says, Listen to this verse. Hashem says, I will bless your bread. Okay, I will bless your bread. Um, and your water. Your water and bread will be blessed. And I will remove any illness from amongst you. Okay, so again, this is Hashem talk. It doesn't mention doctors here. It says, if you serve Hashem, um, I will bless your bread and water, and I will remove any illness from amongst you. Is this individual? In the same part. You individually or the community, I will remove. Um, not I'm talking, not talking to an individual here. He's talking to a community at large. Is the you in singular or... Well, there is, it's, it's singular, but he's talking to all of all of these people. Each one singular, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's a, this is another. Now we're flipping back to Pasha Bashalach, let's see. Okay, so on this is a fascinating... Um, I don't have it here, okay? <laughs> this is in my notes. But this is a fascinating Evan Ezra. Evan Ezra, Ibn but Ezra. But it doesn't actually say I will directly heal. He could be referring to physicians. I will heal through He physicians. says I will remove illness from amongst you. Yeah. He you, could you, be using an agent to do it. Yes, 100%. But um, Ibn Ezra, which I'm assuming they do not have here. Ibn Ezra was a commentary lived in the 900s, I believe. Uh, uh, later. Not later. Okay. You can look it up. Ibn Ezra, I-B-N Ezra. Avram Ibn Ezra, he was not a physician, I don't think, and he writes, he understands, he interprets this verse to say that very clearly, this is like anything else. As a matter of fact, he says a fascinating thing, I wish I would have it here, I didn't switch cards in my life. He says that, as we know, most illnesses come from food. Um, Biden 1167. Okay. 1167. There you have it. So he... Um, so one of the greatest Jewish philosophers I've ever lived. So he, he says like this, he says, the, the, he, and he's interpreting this verse, and he says, the Torah says, I will bless, Hashem is saying, I will bless your bread and your water. It says, because most illnesses, at least in his days, says, came from things you ingested, um, and many stomach ailments, etc. So Hashem is saying, if you, uh, you know, if, you, if you're a good boy, and you keep the Torah, then I'll, I'll bless your food. Let you, any of those of these standard illnesses you won't have amongst you. Okay, so again, he's saying he's referring to Hashem. He goes on to say, he asks the question, how does this fit with, and he says, just like it says in Parashat B'Shalach, God will remove illness. And he says, how does this fit with the, a few psukim back in the same parsha, a few verses back where the Torah itself says, um, uh, rapo yirape, seemingly the doctors will heal. So he answered your answer and your answer, if you whoever said it, which is that he says he this is talking about natural uh, illnesses that come from food in this case or from other diseases which are internal. That's where God will heal. Rapo yirape is talking about a case of assault and battery. So if another guy punches you in the face, that's not God. 
Like I always say, right? If you walk in front of a Mack truck, don't blame God for that. That has nothing to do with God. That, of course, you go to a doctor for. So he says, when the Torah says, Rappel, you rappel, Torah is giving permission to heal. It's only for illnesses caused by other men. Man, you know, an illness, or you got battered by someone else. That's the case where, you, of course, you go to a doctor. That has nothing to do with God. But natural occurring illnesses in human nature, that you have to leave up to Hashem. Okay? That's the Ibn Ezra's interpretation. This makes you said it. You can't make faces. This this makes I'm, I'm just wondering about like heart disease. Yeah, this makes too clear a distinction between nature and nurture, which I, which I think is where you're going well, with Well, heart this. disease is, you don't know how much of it is caused by yourself, and how right. much is caused by genetics, right. and how much is caused by the food you eat, the choices so you make about food. That's so a good question. Above, is it's that something so you leave for God, or is that something you should... It's not so, so black and white. He would there. seem to be implying that... In, he makes his distinction, if I remember correctly, I don't have it in front of me. Now look, he says something similar, something else, look in a second. Is internal, external, meaning that's what it has to do with. So if it's an internal illness, then doctors don't go to doctors, that's yeah. right. If it's external, okay, so then then uh, that's the distinction he seems to be making between internal and external. Well, look at that, you, know, you get some rashes on your skin that are a reflection of an internal disease. See, right, Ooh. listen, does he get into every disease? He doesn't listen, but I'm saying hey, there's gray areas. That's why they have become ex- became externists in the biblical times. So, so he, <coughs> this, is, uh, this is another book, another Rishon, an early authority called Rabbeinu Bachir, mm. or some say Rabbeinu Bachaya. You know when he lived? Uh, he was earlier. What's his name? Vasher Ben Bachaya, or something like that. Doesn't even have a name. Benu Bachya, B A T H Y A. So he says like this. He's going on the verse Rapoi Rape. He says on the verse in this week's parish. He says like this. Um, Rapper, you got it. So you got to type quicker. What's that? Got to type quicker. Sorry about that. What if there was? Died. You thought born twelve fifty five. Oh wow! Healthy. Like so he's yeah, 13 centuries. Well, maybe. Or yeah. Peace. Yeah. And was 13-something. But it wasn't what you What's thought that? it was. Nachmanides was 13. Lovely. That's what he's saying. Good boy, Steve. That's the question. Internal. That's internal. That's what you said. Was he 11? You didn't follow the laws. You didn't pick a right banana. You didn't pick the right banana. It was right around the time. It was beautiful. He's saying that's natural. That's normal. That's what he's saying. If you had to say, God left one of these quotes among the Jews, Ibn Ezra. Okay, so so this is so Rebbe, listen to Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar. He says very similar. Since I don't have Ibn Ezra, I'll read you what he says. He's usually not quoted, but he happens to say a very similar opinion. He says, "Rapoi rapoi, kol refuah bebasar v'dam, any healing in uh, in flesh and blood lo mitzaunu bechalak suvim kiim bedagish." First, he says an interesting thing which we said two weeks ago from someone else. He says it also. He says whenever we find a language here, like here, the Torah uses language rapoi rapoi, as we know, a pay the letter. Pay could either be pronounced fe as the okay. f a softer sound, f or p, which is like a p. So we have one letter pay can either be p or f, um, depending if there's a vowel in the middle. So he's saying is whenever like here, when the Torah is talking about human healing, he uses the word rapo yirape. Both fe's are not a soft fe; they're 
with a dot in the middle, which is a harsh pay. Okay, as opposed to whenever it mentions healing of Hashem, as in Beshalach, and Hashem, Rofecha, it's with an F. No, what we call it, a pay rafe, soft pay. And also later on, when that other verse we said, which was, um, well, actually, it doesn't say the word rafe there. But, um, but he says, whenever we find anywhere in Tanakh referring to God's healing, it's a soft pay. Whenever he, so he points this out in the laws of diktuk, in the laws of grammar. And he says, um, like also in, in the tefillah, we say, Rafeinu Hashem and Rafe, soft pay in our Amidah. Referring to God's, when we're asking God, Healer, always a soft face. He says, so he says, which is a verse in Tehillim and Psalms, and it says somewhere else, it's referring to God. God um, heals the broken hearted. Heals the broken hearted. Um, that's what it says. Yeah, that's what it says. And he quotes many other psukim throughout Tanakh, and Yashem Rofecha. Atam Bezei says, the reason is, when you get healed by a, a doctor, a human being, that's tough. That's going to be always a Torah always uses a pay with a dotted, strong pay, because it's never easy getting healed by a doctor. Meaning not not not, not even easy. Means in the, the sense of this pain involved, healing coming from a doctor. Listen, go to the doctor. You got a shot, even a flu shot. It's pain. Got a stick, you, you know, needle, you chemo. It's all. There's nothing. Uh, there's no such thing as painless healing. Okay. Sorry, he says I like the Torah. It's through pain and very. You have to be able to accept the, the poison, meaning that was the word used for medicine in those days. Right, the, the poison is or the bitter drink. Right, the healing of Hashem, that's soft. It's refua. There's no pain at all. When God heals, there's no pain. Um, so that's one nice thing. Okay, so that's just a, an introduction. Yeah. There is a way to kind of get a global solution to deal with Russ's problem. And, and if man-induced disease, obviously man-induced disease, when somebody smokes or smites someone, calls for men to heal it. Whereas diseases where the cause is not clear, it causes for God to heal. Now, in the between, as doctors, we know there's a lot of diseases. We don't really know what causes it. So we, we make progress. We do start to understand what causes some diseases. And when we actually understand the cause, or God's way, as it were, then men can actually intervene as well. But until we do that, you know, we, if we do just like the guy says, we poison them, we operate on them, we radiate them. Of course, we always think we know, and then 20 years later we find out we were wrong. Well, the older we get, the less I think I know. So, uh, so there is a way, I think, to bring that all online, that when men are involved, in terms both of instituting the disease or understanding God's way, as it were, then men can intervene. We don't, I mean, it's hopeless. When people get disease for which you have, we have no clue what cause, we have no clue what, how you treat it, the only thing that can help is God. Okay, this is a good, good point. Hold that point. I'm going to get there in a second. It's, it's a valid point, and I think well, I want guy, to explain. Uh, Rabbeinu Bach has got... He's, well, he's, yeah, I mean, that's, he's, he's just saying it happens cool. to be, there's a side point, which that's is that doctors are, are more, it's tough to get healed by doctors, that's not, everyone knows that, especially with insurance companies. Doctors know it for sure. Right, so he's not saying, he's just putting it into the words, it happens to fit with the words in Tanakh. So then he goes on to say, listen to these words, Umasha Amar Azal, this is what our sages have said in Baba Kama, in the Talmud, V'rapo yirape, mikan shenitnu rishus l'rope l'rapos, that from here permission was given to the doctor to heal. Lo Amru, he says, were, those words were not stated. Only with an external wound. 
שהכתוב מדבר בה, that's what the verse is, that's the context here. The Torah, the context is two guys pummeling each other. So that's all external wounds. Of a holy mebifnim, but an internal wound, internal illness, ain't that told to be other rofe. That's not dependent on the doctor. Ela be other rofe kalbasar, but the healer of all flesh, which is Hashem, Hashem be other nefesh kalchai, which all life is dependent on it. So that's what he's saying. Okay, so he's making the same distinction in Ibn Ezra. For some reason, no one ever quotes him. They quote, they quote Ibn Ezra. I guess because he came later. It was much later. Yeah, I'm trying, what, what book? He, he's in some commentary. Uh, I can't remember where. Well, this is his commentary on the Torah. But is but he, he in a, a compilation of anything? He has also Kisve. It's called The Writings of Rabbeinu Bachia. And he, I mean, it's two volumes they printed today. I can't imagine why I would... No, he's a famous. He is. He's, he is yeah, famous. I, yeah, I don't remember we were studying yes. Encyclopedia of Torah, thoughts, thoughts for Rosh Hashanah, thoughts for Yom Kippur. Yeah, he has a, a book so of the writings. So, so he again is making the same distinction between seemingly internal, external, or human-caused. So are we making a distinction between uh, internal physical illnesses like the heart or the liver from? Uh, I mean, are, are those God-caused diseases versus uh, diseases that we don't understand that are really diseases of the soul? So, are we talking about physical illness that's internal, or are we talking about illnesses of the soul? Or how so about a stab wound that penetrates the chest? Now it's no, that's external. Broken no, I'm saying that's really external. That's, really, that's the context. But, but it's a good point. I mean, so he's, he's does not, he doesn't seem to make a distinction between... So he's talking about illnesses. Now, some of those might be uh, so, but that's really, in essence, what he's saying. And, and I don't have the Ebenezer here, but he says that, so to speak. He gives a whole introduction that, uh, listen, we live in a world of nature, but at the end of the day, everything, even nature, is controlled by Hashem. So... It, he is implying that internal illnesses come from Hashem. Now that being said, so I want to get back to Shelley's point, and, and which is that, so this is, so we have two opinions again. Right now we have three opinions. We have Ramban, who's on one extreme, who says no doctors ever, ideally. Then we have the, then we have the other extreme, Nachman is Ramban, yeah. It's, it's Ramban, not Rambam. None at the end, an end. And then we have at the other extreme, standard shot, which is the Talmud saying doctors, we love doctors. Okay? Every Jewish mother loves doctors. Um, then the Ibn Ezra is sort of trying to reconcile the two opposing factors by saying depends what type of illness. If it's external, then of course we go to doctors. If it's internal, then that's God. Sorry. Now I see where Ramban actually says that. Ramban? You, Ramban. Two weeks ago. We, we were here. I'll show it to you. We, had, we said it two weeks ago. Mystically, you were at your bridge. Um, turning. Yeah. <laughs> external could be a metaphor for diseases we understand, and internal uh, could be for diseases awesome. we don't yes. understand. Okay, that's so yeah, so that's a, so the, I did see in two places, which I don't have in front of me, two contemporary writers, um, which do explain like this, that that they understand Ebenezer. It's just, it's, it's not, he's not saying, uh, putting illness into boxes, internal, external, caused by man. In those days, all, as Ron would say, I'm going to stick up for Ron that he's not here, he's not feeling what's right, um, they didn't know how to practice medicine. All they knew how to treat were things on the outside of the body. Anything inside, they had no idea. They didn't have MRIs. They, didn't have, they had no idea what was going on internally, and therefore they just couldn't treat it. So, so, 
so therefore, that's that's really the distinction he's saying. He's saying, listen, if it's something that we know a doctor could take care of, great. It's external. The doctor knows how to treat it. That they knew how to treat. So go to the doctor. But if it's internal, okay, they were clueless. They didn't know what what was it. Was it cancer? Was it heart disease? Was they, they, there was no way for them to know. And therefore, there was really no method of treating it. And that's really today where we have modern medicine, where we know we can treat internal illnesses also. So of course, even the Benazra and Ben Abachi would agree that you should treat it. That's um, uh, I saw this quoted in the name of Moshe Sternbach, who's a temporary rabbi who lives in Israel stream Haredi rabbi in Harnof, but but he has a book where he's quoted uh, explaining the Ebenezer in this manner and I saw one other person also explaining it this way. So meaning they're not arguing on the concept of uh, doctors. What he's saying is in those days doctors couldn't treat and I'll, I'll explain a little more. You want to say something? Maimonides was a physician. Nachmanides, he had a profession as well. Physician. He was a physician. He was a physician. He was a self-loathing physician. Going back further than I certainly can go, uh, alternative what we call alternative medicines that they did treat the internal body. Do you know how long was they there during the Talmud? Listen, time? no one's saying they didn't try to treat, but they had no idea what they were doing. They would, well, of course, give herbs, and they always they but had. They, uh, but they had it goes back a long, long way. So yes, I'm sure. Listen, Adam had the uh, herbs. Successfully. Yeah, they I don't know about that part. People. I don't know about the successful no, part. They did treat it. Maybe. I don't, I don't know enough about the history of medicine. They say are definitely. Hippocrates yeah. well, would say, the person has this and this and this. This I can treat, and this is what I do. And the internal thing. I don't, again, and I don't know. successful because. The they, they, they have certain ones. Right, I'm sure there were certain diseases certain that they did treat. Herbs yeah. and other chemicals that they knew that if you felt a certain way and they gave you this, you would be cured. And hmm. Which, by the way, that's a good point. Modern medicine, half the people don't agree with that. I happen to know. Okay, so we're not going to. That's alternative. We're not going to. Okay, well, is, that's is a different class. Alternative medicine. Some are good, you say. Um, that's a whole different issue. I just want to address the point that, that, by the way, the simple interpretation of that well, end verse in Mishpatim, which says, so God will bless your bread and water, water. that's how the, a lot of the simple commentaries interpret it to mean that it's going on medicine. Meaning, God says, I'm removing, meaning it, that's what medicine is herbs and, and certain concoctions uh, I mean, are. Natalie's point is well taken because yeah. the people who practiced the herbal medicine, even, I mean, we have. Midrash that talks about this, and the reason that we're not studying it is guess who those people were who practiced that kind of medicine? Women. Again, I don't know anything about medical history. I'm not going there. It's all right. Just, I don't know. Just yeah. from Russ's point about Hippocrates, you know, Hippocrates, you boil them, the, if you boil Hippocrates down, the most famous aphorism from uh, Hippocrates, which is first do no harm. Which sort of in a way addressed the fact that how little he felt he knew that most of the things we do are best neutral and many of them are actually harmful. So first do no harm applies. Look, if you don't know what you're doing, 
which applies to a lot of medicine even today. Don't do it. Yeah. Right, which is really what's, in essence, what they're, they're saying, interpreting yeah, Ibn right. Ezra. They're not saying we don't like doctors. Saying is it Torah's bad? Those days they didn't, uh, they didn't, they couldn't address most internal And it injuries. goes also to the best of doctors going to hell. If you're so arrogant, you think you actually can treat That's stuff. That's different. So I'm going to get to that. So now, so there's another, listen, listen, we're addressing your point. You got to know this. So there, there's another um, explanation as to why, until now we were saying, what's the reason that we need the Pasuk Rappi Rappi? Commentaries explain because of the theological problem, because of uh, Christian scientists and those beliefs that believe we shouldn't practice medicine. Everything is dependent on Hashem. Okay, there's another explanation which Nachmanides seems to mention. This is in a different book of his, again, called The Writings of Nachmanides, um, where he has a whole section on illness, on healing. The name of the book is Torah to Adam, the Torah of the human. So he has a chapter here, and one of the things he says is a fascinating thing, which I think is relevant. He says, and by the way, here, he seems to contradict himself because he does discuss, as you mentioned, the obligation to heal and to go to doctors, etc. Koch Nefesh, saving a life on Shabbat, he goes through the whole issue. Clearly, he obviously understood, and we'll get back to that. But the point I want to bring from him is he says like this, and if I can find it here, he says, um, he brings the verse rapidly, rapidly, and he says the reason why we need this verse, he seems to say something else. He seems to say, can't find it here, but he seems to say like this, he, um, He says, Mistavri, he says, it's logical to say, this that the Torah and the Talmud interprets the Torah, the verse in this week's Pasha, that we need to give permission to the doctor to heal. What do we need permission for? It says, Lomar, to tell you, nothing to do with theology. It's not a theological issue that, we're, that the Torah is addressing. It says, Lomar, she'eno asim shimchash hashkaga. Since, as, we, as we're saying, most doctors don't know what the heck they're doing. They end up, there's a lot of malpractice. They end up killing people, hurting people in, with the intent to help them. Okay, so there's what's what we call shogate. So he says, there's that concern, meaning what right do I have to practice medicine where there's a risk involved. In almost every medical procedure, there's a risk to the patient. Okay, even when I'm trying to help him, when you give someone chemo, you know, there's side effects. So there are things that can detrimentally affect the patient when he's sick by my treatment. So the question would be, as a physician, do I have a right to try to heal him when there's a chance I'm going to negatively affect him? Okay, so he's saying that's why you need the verse. That's why the Torah has to give permission to heal. It's not a theological question. So it's a totally different perspective. One second. So he's, um, okay, yeah, go. From a, uh, from a global point of view, this is one of the great gifts of Judaism that if you were stuck with, no, you can't really treat anybody. We'd make no progress. This is a Jewish way of saying you have to make effort to understand the way the world works. It's an obligation. It's an obligation to heal. It's an obligation to figure out what works and what doesn't work. But in a broader sense, it's an obligation to explore the world, explore nature, do science. That's one of the great gifts. Um, yeah, but specifically, gifts true. This is medical science. True, but, but his point is specifically with medicine. No, as if I'm, you know, discovering the stars, you know, fine. There's no risk in that. I mean, maybe space exploration, you say we lost, lost a few, but inherent in every treatment of illness, there's side effects which can harm the patient. Well, that's, it's that's inherent in every medicine. <coughs> the point is, so, so that's what the Torah, that's why the Torah has to give permission 
not because of the theological problem that God is, leave God out of this. The issue is that he's saying the guy, just like he says a judge, and he, that's actually starts, he says, he talks about a judge, he says a judge will say, listen, what do I need this for? In, you know, 90% of the cases that come before the court, the judge is going to rule properly. But as we know today, right, you can put someone in death row, and then 20 years later, they exonerate the guy. Right, so why would a, a judge will say, listen, I, I, I don't want to sit as a judge, it's a very scary job. I'm deciding life and death decisions, and there are times every judge is going to make a mistake based on the evidence. So the same thing with the doctor. He says he compares doctors and judges. By the way, he calls in the Torah, he says uh, the Torah refers to judges as Elohim, refers to them as, so to speak, God, because they're deciding God's laws. So he says doctors also, it's the same category, in a certain sense. You're making life and death decisions, so the Torah needs to give permission to make those. He's not discussing exploration in general. He's discussing uh, meaning the fact that there's a risk to life by your profession. I think he is. Because if you look at his, his idea of the ideal world, in the yeah. ideal world there's no side effects because God heals everything. The closer you get uh, to the ideal world is not six. Okay, okay. The, the closer you get to the ideal world, it means doctors, humans know more and more about the cause of disease, the treatment of disease, no side effects because the treatments get closer and closer to perfection. So I, I do think he's saying, whether intentionally or not, and I think it's intentional, that you must pursue treatments, proper treatments. Along the way, you're definitely going to damage people, and you should limit the damage as much as possible. It's giving permission not just to heal, but to explore nature and try to figure out what better treatments okay. are. I think it's a much more universal statement than just right. medical science. That's what I'm could hearing. Be, could be. I mean, well, again, he puts in the context of the I'll read you some more. He says... He says like this, he says, um, <laughs> makes sense. he starts off saying, he says, Mikan, he brings this yeah, verse, he brings the Gemara in Baba Kami, he says, Mikan, she need the rishus, the rope for the rapper, so permission was given to the physician to heal. Maybe the physician will say, Mali Bitsarazar, what do I need this? I have to go to eight years of medical school, right, uh, residency, fellowship, spending a lot of money. Shema Etav, I might make a mistake in my treatment. And I'm going to kill people unintentionally, yes, of course. Unintentionally trying to help people, but it's a scary job. That's why I didn't go to medical school. Fikach, not no Torah, Therefore, the Torah gave permission to the physician. No, go do this job. It's a good job, a good profession. Is okay? he saying that you're permitted to inadvertently kill people by mistake? Yes. So you're free from that. No, well, so that's what he's going to address. He says, Vakashli, he says, but the problem is, the Talmud says, just as if you unintentionally kill someone, if you're hitting someone with an axe. Um, not chopping down a tree and your axe flies out of your hands and chops someone's heads off. Okay. And do you have an experience with that? Um, so, so there's something called Galut. You have to go to exile, to Ari Mikla, to the cities of, uh, of protection, etc. So he says, Akashli, we learned in Tosefta, if you have a professional physician, a licensed physician that healed with the permission of the Bezin, that means he was licensed, the hizik and he damaged. I raised a goal. He also has to go to the to the Ari Mikla. So you see that there's some form of punishment. He did something wrong. That's his question on himself. Alma We consider you an unintentional murderer, right? Just as if someone acts to us. So there is liability. You see the liability for a physician. So he say he asks the question on himself. He says He says this is where he makes the analogy. A, a physician is like a judge who's sitting on the bench. Below Hoda, if listen, the evidence came before him, and he may, he, based on the evidence, he ruled. But there was if someone was lying, one of the witnesses, or it was mistaken evidence, whatever the case was. That judge, of course, doesn't get punished. The judge sent someone to death row based on the evidence in his court. 
and then it turns out the guy was exonerated. He's, he's not guilty. He doesn't get punished. The same thing. The judge might say, what do I need this for? Why in my right mind would I want to be the judge? Okay, why would I want to be the President of the United States? <laughs> Meaning, judgment is with you. You could only know as a human being what your eyes, what's presented in front of your eyes. Same thing with a physician. He says a physician can only know what's presented in front of their eyes. Okay? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I haven't uh, read this. I wasn't planning on reading this. I'm <laughs> 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 just doing it. Go ahead. Um, winging it here. <laughs> he says, at the end of the day, if it's clear that the court made a mistake, of course they're going to have to pay damages, just like today. If a guy gets, uh, he's on death row and then they exonerate him. Of course, the state has to pay, and they're paying damages. In those days, the judge would have to pay out of pocket, okay, if he made a mistake. So even though the, he did the right thing, the evidence was presented to him, at the end of the day, he's still going to have to pay damages, but it's not a punishment. Doesn't he, What he's saying is, just because I'm liable for damages doesn't mean that I did something wrong, and I shouldn't have done that. I did the right thing. At the end of the day, we all know there's cases of malpractice, not, it's not malpractice, meaning you're going to be liable because based, you know, at the end of the day, you might kill someone. It doesn't mean, but it doesn't mean you did something wrong. It's not a punishment. And he asked your question, even though the judge at the end of the day gets off the hook if he was, um, if he did the right thing. He says, so too, a doctor is really not liable for what we call Medine Adam, as a human court of law. We can't take a doctor to court. Again, we're not talking about malpractice where he, he did uh, malfeasance. We're talking about where you treated him correctly. Just the, the side effects end up killing the guy. Okay, in a case like that. So he says, so in a human court of law, the doctor is not liable. But there's this thing called, you know, you, there's a certain sense of liability, and therefore you have to go to the Ari Miklat. Um, you go to the whole, the no Shatah, since at the end of the day, it was revealed that he made a mistake. So again, how to define the mistake exactly, what he means exactly, I don't know. I hear that again as an admonishment to know as much as you can possibly know. That's the best you can do is take the available evidence. Exactly. Because no, this is where I'm going with First this. So that's exactly where I want to go that. with this. That's exactly my point. really look hard for the evidence. Yes, you really do. So that's, that's exactly my point. So what I want to say is based on this, and I, and I believe I saw this somewhere, so I don't want to claim it as my own, but, but um, is, is going back to the Ibn Ezra with this Ramban, once we understand this context, meaning again, there's two schools of thought as we're saying as to why the Torah has to give permission to heal, rapidly, rapidly. One is because the Torah has to give permission to heal to a doctor because there's a theological problem. God says God's the healer and that's, that's, that's option number one to understand the verse in this week's parish. Option number two, what we're saying is nothing to do with theology. It's an issue of Listen, we're not going to have doctors. No one's going to go into the profession if they know that there's a good chance they're going to kill people. Right? That people end up dying in the medical profession. So if I'm an oncologist, right, 70% of my patients usually don't survive. So in a way, right? when you're killing people accidentally, huh? is it where you're doing, quote, God's work? I mean, you get yes, permission to do right, it. Exactly. So you need the Torah to give you permission. So that, and that's what he goes on to speak about also, the Roman, which is, that only works if you know what you're doing, meaning if a guy's not a licensed physician, of course, and he's not a bucky, as we call the expert in the field, so then he doesn't have permission to heal, because if you get some guy who went to school in, in South America, no offense if anyone did, medical school, so, so then, you know, it's going to be a problem, 
right? So, so that guy shouldn't be healing. Torah is not giving. You know, you have to be you know what you're doing for the healing in order to have the permission, and you have to be a licensed physician, of course. Um, the point being is that's when the Torah gave you permission. So it's in essence, really, that's what the Ibn Ezra is really saying. Since in those days, internally, they didn't know what they're doing, so then you have no permission. Once you have no idea what you're doing, you're just trying and shooting, you know, and giving the guy green First tea. First do and, no and, harm. Right, and giving the guy, uh, you know, whatever, just, you know, just to make him feel good. But you really don't know how to treat the internal illnesses, which in those days they didn't. So then this, you don't have the permission of this, this application of Rapi Rapi is not applicable to you anymore. So, so in essence, you know, this is, I'm just trying to, again, explain, go back to the Ibn Ezra and the Vayna Bachaya, Vayna Bachaya, that they're not, again, they're not saying, you know, some theological thing, God takes care of internal illnesses, natural illnesses, uh, and, and doctors it take care of both. external. It can be both. Uh, but what I'm saying is that the, the, he seems to be implying, meaning, again, if it's internal in those days, they didn't have the ability to heal, and therefore, you don't have rappel rappel. The permission the Torah gave you to heal is not applicable when you don't know what you're doing. Either you're not the bucky, you're not the expert in the field, or because in those days it just didn't have the ability to heal internally. So we also, we also this, this kind of implicates continuing education to some extent, because <coughs> if you missed an article that, that spells out uh, new science and, and a better treatment, and you either don't subscribe to that journal or you didn't understand that that article or for whatever reason you didn't incorporate that latest science into your practice and you shouldn't are you now liable yes because with today's literature half of it's bs very little of it right so so anyway the point i'm yeah but hundred percent is, is you know, you may disagree with the current science. Okay, so that, the that, current that's science a matter of opinion. May not, you may not get exposed to it. It might come out in January, and you're not going to go to the next conference till June. So it's a very good point. So on on the the verse, on, on, not on the verse, on the statement in the Talmud, Tov Shabarov from Laganim, that all physicians are destined to hell, one of Rashi's statements there says, the reason is because doctors are haughty and they, they're not up on the sign, meaning they listen, I went to medical school 40 years ago, um, this is the way I do it, you're not happy with it, I'm, you know, I'm the best in the field, and I was on the cover of the, you know, whatever, you know, and that's it. So I'm not, I don't care what the new, uh, these new young doctors, <laughs> what do they know, right? So that is a problem in the practice of medicine, 100%. Uh, that's why it specifically says in the Shulchan Aruch rules, very clearly, that in order to practice medicine, you have to be the expert. As you know, every Jewish doctor is anyone who goes to the doctor, right? He's a Seinfeld, I think, right? He What's says, the, uh, he says, I go to the best doctor. You know, everyone goes to the best doctor. He says, I never heard a guy say, I go to the worst doctor. <laughs> <laughs> every doctor is the best doctor. Who goes to the worst? Who goes to the worst doctor? What's, what's <laughs> the grammar of rapport you up here? Which is, is that a no, no, no. Um, a good question. I don't know anything about grammar, honestly. I'm not a grammar person, but they do discuss, uh, actually, Ibn Ezra, which we don't have, discusses it. What exactly is it say, you know, in what sense? But I uh, can't help you with that. Sorry. <laughs> I w I would, I'm reluctant to make that distinction between theological and practical reasoning. You know, the Midrash that Blythe quotes is about uh, some rabbis run into a, a farmer walking down the road and he says he has a terrible headache. 
And uh, he said, why don't you take some medicine for the headache? And he says, well, God gave him the headache. God will cure me. So we, they say to the man, what do you do? He says, I'm a farmer. He says, and what do you do as a farmer? He says, well, I, I make rows, and then I put seeds in, and I water it, and I make it grow, and then make grain, and I manage to make bread. He says, well, if, if you really believe that God gave you the headache, God will cure you as a farmer. Why don't you just believe, just wait around for bread to pop up out of the ground? <laughs> so it's a theological issue, but as a practical matter, you do have to do the science. You do have to do the work. So I think it's they're kind of inseparable. Yes, at the end of the day, we're saying that's the normal view. That's exactly what I'm pointing out here. Now, let's finish off. Um, is that end of the day, all these non-nor... The normative opinion is 100%, like you said, we know that. Normative opinion is, as Jews, we go to doctors, we do everything possible through mm-hmm. science, and not only is it permitted, it's obligatory, as you say. That's we a violate, well, they, they, yeah. We violate Shabbat, we violate Yom Kippur, whatever it takes to get healed through doctors. Okay? And we, like we said, we only, you have to go, that's a different question, you have to go to the best doctor. It seems like, yes, you have to go as a Jew to the best doctor. You have to seek out, as a matter of fact, the Chazanish says, Rabbi Rabbi, you have to, he extrapolates from this verse, the Chazanish, who was a, died in the 50s, a rabbi <coughs> in Israel, he understood that the Pasuk is telling you, why is it used a le- double language? He says, because even if you seek that one cure, it didn't work, try it differently, go experimental, do, do whatever you can, as Jews, we have to do whatever we can to be healed. That's what the Torah is stressing. So, so you're right. That is the accepted normative view and that was across a novel the board. Idea. Maybe I think everyone else is waiting for God to heal the, the pagan gods to heal them. Oh, okay. This then, is a novel then, idea. Yes. That, you know, so you, you, you rapidly, You got to do whatever you can to be healed. Now, what we're trying we that we we're, we're trying to address in this class is there are three opinions or two camps of opinions that are not normative. But I'm trying to show you that at the end of the day, even they're normative. That's what I'm trying to trying to make everyone agree here. Not in the room, but in the in the commentary. So meaning, so you have Nachmanides, which we'll get back to in a second, and the, but you have let's say take the Ibn Ezra's camp and Ben Abache, which are saying they seem to ma- be making an extinction a distinction between external and internal. We're saying that's really irrelevant. They're not making the distinction is not internal external. Distinction is do you know what you're doing or do you not? Do the doctors know? They know what they're doing. Then of course there's no distinction between internal and external. Of course they agree with the concept of doing whatever you can to be healed. Happens to be in the history of medicine in their times. Doctors didn't know what the heck they were doing. One might argue today also that... 100 years ago, I'll definitely say that about right, what's so, going on. So, meaning, so therefore he says, keep away. Internal, we don't, they, didn't, they, we didn't, they didn't know how to deal with it. So leave that up to Hashem. That's not up to you. Okay, that, so that clears now, just to finish off, getting back to Nachmanli. So it's in a certain sense, and he seems to be contradicting everything he wrote in the Torah here. Because in this, he, he's addressing, he's, he's saying, he's talking about medicine, the practice of medicine, etc. In the Torah, he seems to be saying that uh, Torah Tor only gave permission if the guy is an idiot <coughs> doesn't believe in Hashem that's the guy a doctor go, can go to a doctor so even there and, and I, again I don't have it in front of me but they, they address it at great length and there's explaining that Nachmanis of course agreed he didn't argue on the whole concept of going to doctors he's just saying in this ideal like we described in the past this utopia world um, you you if everyone's keeping all 630 mitzvot, technically there wouldn't be a need for doctors. Okay? But in reality, of course, no one's doing that. In the real world, we get sick and uh, we're not keeping all the mitzvot. And therefore, of course, Nachmanis himself agrees, like we said, he was a doctor. Right. And he agrees that you should go to doctors. Right. So at the end of the day, there really is no disagreement practically between all these opinions. Right. Is what we're trying so to get. The point about be the very capable world that he wrote last week, that we talked about last week, is about two weeks before he retired. 
got to be very careful but not leaving this argument in the midair because it leaves people thinking yes. so that guess, now, right. Marini so we said something which is not... It needs to be very clear. At the end of the day, the normative Jewish view is we love doctors, we go to them, we pay them, yeah. they can charge, everything's good. So you make the point that you, that you have to always go to the best. Yes. As an old surgeon, I, I would say, you know, if you have routine appendicitis, you're young, healthy, buck with appendicitis, just about any surgeon will get you through that. If you are 80 years old with COPD and a ruptured appendix and sepsis and, and terrible heart disease, only the best surgeon will get you through that. So does everybody, every time they get appendicitis, have to go to the best surgeon? Or because there are best some surgeon surgeons that have. barely got through their residency. Right, but again, if, if, if it's something that it's just a small procedure, so you know, you know, if you need Tamiflu, you can go to, you know, you don't need to go to the best surgeon, right? So again, obviously, it's sub it's a very subjective concept, but uh, but I'm saying you're right. If, if I mean, it's, it's fascinating in in Jewish psyche, it's come that everyone has to go to the best doctor. I don't, I don't know if Gentiles talk, but the Gentiles will say, doctor is the best doctor. Run-of-the-mill appendicitis. That any, yeah, any I think I think. But you don't know that till after the surgery. Because Nachmani's yeah. talking about when the chef comes over to you. Than I think ninety-five percent no, of the time. Talking about again this utopian world. Isn't that when Mashiach comes? The nurse could take. He's that saying it existed at the time of the prophet. Yeah. That's okay. But it, it did exist. It was a so day. Uh, again, I don't know medical. There was a day, 50, 60 years ago, was so, when I took out my first appendix on that day. <laughs> and everybody was there. Anyway, sorry I didn't have the materials. And I had a wing. Next week we're moving on. Not a, not Thank you.